Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by Katie Midwinter, Izzy Phillips and Liz Batchelor as we'll be previewing this weekend's racing where all our attentions will be on the St. Ledger meeting at Doncaster and we'll also as well be previewing the first two ITV races at Chester. But before we get into the racing, we've got to say congratulations to our very own Katie Midwinter who won the Racing TV Tipstar Challenge. Katie, how are you feeling? Have you, has it kind of sunk in now? It's a bit surreal, but uh, I'm really yeah, just so happy, delighted. It was an amazing experience. I thought all of the finalists, they did amazingly well. So it was a bit of a surprise, but yeah, I'm just really, really happy for the opportunity and it was amazing to win. Yeah, it was a really good night. I was there as well. Um, standard was really good. I thought it was really difficult to choose. But like I say, Katie, you nailed it and uh, yeah, fully deserved. And uh, yeah, it was great to see you win. And it'd be really good to see you uh, on Racing TV in the upcoming future when you're on the Friday Club. So yeah, we'll look forward to that. Um, let's see how the others are. Izzy, um, how are you? You've not been on the podcast for a while. Did you enjoy your holiday? Yeah, we're doing good. Um holiday was good i'm super excited to be back on obviously we've got the st ledger i feel like i'm getting to that point though where i can smell the jumps card just around the corner now i'm kind of i feel like i'm kind of over it a little bit um but i tell you what i am pleased about is that some of the heat has died down um i don't think i could handle another week at work in like 30 degree temperatures so yeah much happier that we're getting into these autumn vibes now and we we'll get jump racing soon. Yes, yeah, not long, what, only a few weeks away and then we start getting the Persian War meeting at Chepstow, so yeah, not too long to go. Liz, are you still loving the flat at the moment? Um, I don't know whether I'm loving it. It's just been a really odd season. I don't know how everyone else feels, but it's just, I don't know, odd results nearly all the time. Um, but obviously racing is racing. That's what we're here for. Uh, but as Izzy said, we're looking forward to the jump season that's not going to be very far away. Yes, yeah, certainly is it. But to be fair, we do have the St. Ledger meeting. We've got some good juvenile races coming in the next few weeks. And, of course, we've got Champions Day at Ascot in October. So a little bit more flat left to come. And we're going to be starting this podcast by going to the 150 at Doncaster. It's the Betfred Champagne Stakes. It's a group two. We've only got the five runners, but it is an interesting field. Rosalian is your favourite. He's odds on at 8 to 15. We've then got Iberian next in at 72. Mountain Bear at 14s. Sunway at 16s and Power Mode is the outsider at 40 to 1. Katie, you can have the floor first as our reigning tipstar champion. Um, Rosalian, is he a good thing to get punters off to a flyer? Well, he's unbeaten. He's by Blue Point, who's been doing very well as a sire this season. So you expect him to have a favourite chance here. Um, but I, I was looking more the each way angle here and i wonder why mountain bear is such a big price in comparison with iberian there was little between them on that goodwood run um and i think finishing that close behind hartem will be pretty good for him i'm a big fan of hartem's and i think he's a good horse going forward so i think that was a good run by mountain bear but he's 14 to 1 here whilst iberian is around 7 to 2 so I think I'd probably be taking a chance on Mountain Bear each way because Rotterdam, he sets the standard, as I said. He's got a favourite chance, but he's short enough for me here. I wouldn't really want to be taking him on, um, t- taking a chance on him because 
he's still, you know, he's got to prove himself really at, at this level. Um, so I'd probably take a chance on Mountain Bear and hope he can run well, outrun his odds and maybe finish in the places. Okay, Mountain Bear is for Katie away from the favourite. How about you, Izzy? Do you think the Jolly's a good thing? So, yeah, it, to, for me personally, it's not a betting race. Um, but I do think that Richard Hannon's uh, Rosalian is probably, you know, deserves his place at the top of the market. I, I do agree. I think he could potentially be, be a bit vulnerable to Mountain Bear um, and Iberian, who finished it quite close to our term last time in a group two. Hannon is on a 23% strike rate, so he's operating quite well. There's not a massive amount of reason to, to think that the favourite should get beat. But, yeah, it's just a bit of a, as you would call it, Chris, a bit of a trappy race, this one. I'll probably steer clear. I wouldn't be surprised if any of the top three in the betting took it. Yeah, I think, I don't know, Yeah, I think the ground might be able to get Rosalian beat. It's been soft today. There isn't too much rain in the forecast at Doncaster over the next couple of days. So... Yeah, maybe if it was soft, that might just undo him. And, yeah, he could be turned over at a short price, but he's quite hard to oppose. Um, what do you think of the race, Liz? I was actually toying between Iberian and Rosalian. Um, my concern with Iberian is possibly the ground. As you said, I think it's currently soft up at Doncaster, whether or not it remains that way for the next 48 hours. Um, his last time out second at Goodwood at the start of August, his excuse was softer than ideal surface, um, but he had to come from last to pick up that second by length. So perhaps if he gets a bit closer to the runner this time round, it could be all he needs as he did keep on well. Um, but Rosalian, listed winner Ascot over seven furlongs at the end of July, was, was very impressive. He won by four lengths. He's very well thought of at home. And I think there was an interview with um, jockey Sean Levy last week. Um, he's been working well at home and they've had this race in the plan for a while before maybe a crack at the Dewhurst. And he is potentially the best two-year-old we've got on ratings. Um, so I think Rosalian gets the nod from me. Okay, Rosalian is for Liz. I'll just give uh, what a positive mention to Sunway. Um, won well on his debut at Sandown, and then he ran um, an enlisted race at Ascot next time out behind Rosalian. He sent off 5-2 to two that day, but something seemed to go wrong with him. Um, he stopped very quickly, finished sixth, he was well beaten. This time they're going to apply the tongue tie, and if you actually look at this horse's pedigree, he's actually from the family of Sealaway. He's actually a, he's actually a full brother to Sealaway. So you like to think that maybe this softer ground, if it is going to ride a bit softer, that might just be up his street and I just thought 16 to 1 was a was a little bit of a big price there and the fact that he went off 5 to 2 last time out when clearly they expected a, a good run I just think he might be a little bit better than that and I'm willing to forgive him that run so maybe if you're looking away from the favourite one to maybe finish second in the without market some way could maybe provide a little bit of value we move on then to the 225 this time we've got 22 runners so an absolute minefield 225 it's the betfred portland handicap over five and a half furlongs call me ginger is your favorite at eight to one we've then got chipstead at 12s along with get it happy romance kings lynn mackinard they're all 12s abbarama gold's 14s along with anaf badgery's 14s as well so is intrinsic bond dreams composer 16s live in the moment 16 significantly 16s and bigger are the rest. Izzy, you can have first dibs at this one. I think you're going to need a few on the shortlist. Uh, who made your team? 
I don't need a shortlist. No way, no shortlist for me. Um, I'm going to have one bet in this race and I'm going to be doing Abarama Gold each way. I think he absolutely loves these big field handicaps. He's been quite good so far this season. I think if, you, if you're if you looking at these races, it's kind of what Liz was mentioning earlier. These are the races that are throwing up these absolutely mental results. Like they're all beating each other. One day the form's this way, one day the form's that way. There's no consistent ground, no consistent distance, five furlong, six furlong. Um, Abramagol was a little bit disappointing last time out at York, but he's dropped in trip to five furlongs. I can't see him not being involved. So that's my one and only selection. Okay, Izzy's going to be keeping it simple then with Abarama Gold. How about you, Liz? Who did you like in the Portland? So we do go from a field of five to now 22. Uh, and I'm going for another Hannon horse in the form of Happy Romance. Um, it will be a first class two race since August 2020, uh, which she ran over at York. Um, her last win come in in April in a listed race at Bath over five furlongs off a mark of 106. And she's going to run off 102 for this. But Alec Voikansky is taken off a further five pounds, which has caused my interest. She's been quite the servant in group races, although not always hitting the mark. Her most notable win probably being the Group 3 Hackwood Stakes at Newbury in 2021. Uh, she has one on good to soft and she's tried her hand in five, six and seven furlong races. She's drawn six, which may not be ideal, um, but she currently, I think you said, I think she's around 12s. Um, and whilst that's some good each way value, I might stick my neck out a bit further and go for a win with her. Okay, a very um, confident selection then with Happy Romance. So I know that that was one of Katie's favourite horses. Katie, I think you're going to have a few words to say. Liz has stolen your horse. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm in agreement with Liz here because I love this filly. Uh, she's one of my favourite horses and she's a group class filly. So in a handicap, she's got to have an excellent chance. And as Liz mentioned, five pounds given off a racing weight puts it in with a brilliant chance the only worry for me is the ground with her um she's raced once on heavy ground when she was down in the field but you can't forgive her that because it was in the very competitive commonwealth cup a couple of seasons ago um i really like over five furlongs i think it's an optimum trip so over this extended five i think she she should go well it's just the ground worry for me so i hope it'll dry out a bit before post time on Saturday. But I also have to give a, a strong mention to Makana, who I was very keen on when he went uh, at York in the Ebor Festival. He finished fourth there, sent off at 18 to 1. He was beaten less than a length in the end. But he drifted across the track uh, in the closing stages and he, he must have lost a lot of lengths by doing that. Um, so I think he was unlucky not to win there. He's often attractive, Mark, and if he's in the same kind of form, I think he's got a brilliant chance for Julie Camacho. He's a decent each-way price as well at around 12-1. to 1. And also a quick mention to Hurricane Ivor. He's a win over course and distance. He comes over from Ireland for Jessica Harrington. He's usually a big price. I was hoping to see him at the cover last Sunday uh, on Irish Champions Festival weekend. He was a non-runner there due to the ground. I think he loves soft ground. So if it remains on the softer side, I think he's got a brilliant chance if he returns to his best. He is quite inconsistent, so it's a bit of a risk. But uh, he's a big price, and I couldn't let him go and back at that price. So there's three there for me. Yeah, I know we were talking about this race earlier, and uh, 
before I said uh, before I told you my selections, I looked at Mackinac and um, and Hurricane Ivor and thought they both had a really good chance. But I was going to let you take all the credit for them. So yeah, you made a good case, and I think they both got excellent chances. I just throw another one into the ring as well, um, Dakota Gold. Uh, been a great horse over the years for Michael Dodds. Got plenty of decent form at the track. I just think he's probably been laid out for this race. This is probably his uh, back end of season target. He ran on the all-weather on those racing league uh, races uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was probably just a pipe opener for this. He was dropped two pounds. He's now down to a mark of 100. He finished ninth in this race last year, but he was a four-pound high mark. If you go back through his form, he's obviously uh, been a really good horse in these kind of handicaps. He even has mixed up enlisted um, company before, so um, he's a class act on his day. He is getting on a bit. He is a nine-year-old, but if he does retain any of his ability, I thought 22 to 1 I thought that was a little bit of a big price there and with this big um, field you're going to get plenty of uh, bookmakers pen extra places I just think uh, he's a little bit of each way value there so I'll give a positive mention for Dakota Gold so that's our thoughts then on the Portland we're now moving on to the three o'clock where we go to the Betfred Park Stakes it's a group two over seven furlongs Spycatcher is the favourite at 13 to 8. We've then got Audience at 3 to 1, Sandrine at 4s, Biggles at 6s, Jumbie at 12s, and Pogo is the outsider at 28 to 1. Liz Pogo, he's one of your all time favourite horses. Are you still um, holding out faith with him? Well, he is, and he's obviously the rank outsider in this, and I can see why, but I don't know like why they don't keep on. At him to go from the front because that's how he's won his races in the past making all and then recently they've all they've done is like just dropped him back and asked him to pick it up and i think if he went from the front again i think he might do all right but i'm like i'm no, ta- I'm no tactic queen so i don't know but it's just really bizarre that he's won all of his races from the front and this season they've just put him in the middle or tried to get him to pick it up from the back so yeah, I, I do want to men, make a mention for Pogo because, yeah, hopefully he'll go from the front and he'll stay there because he is a big price. But I can't I can't get over Spycatcher, to be honest, who is an obvious well-deserved favourite. Um, narrowly denied his Group 1 win over at Dover last month uh, by a short head, albeit on very soft ground. Um, he was actually pulled out of the Sprint Cup at Haydock due to ground conditions. Definitely got the ability... He was actually almost nearly retired last year due to an injury, so it is still some training performance to even have him back at this level. Um, but I am team spy catcher, but a side note on what I've just talked about with Pogo. Okay, confident vote then for spy catcher, but also, as this says, an honourable mention for one of our old favourites, Pogo. How about you, Katie? Who did you like in the park stakes? I think the first four on the card, they all have a bit to prove um, now for me. I'm a big fan of Spycatcher and he is, I say he's the best horse in this race. He loves soft ground as well. So if conditions do turn up as soft or worse on Saturday, he will thrive in it. So he's definitely the one I'd be siding with here. I think he's got an excellent chance. This is a nice race for him to run in um, because I do think he he's much better than the rest. The one I would worry about is Sandrine um, for Andrew Balding. Now, she ran very well behind Kinross at York last month. That was on good to firm uh, over seven furlongs. She wore a first-time riser there 
third at 28 to 1. It was an excellent run. But looking back at her form, she has won on heavy on her second start uh, as a juvenile. So if she copes with the softer ground, I think she has a very good chance of maybe chasing Spycatcher home because I can't see him being beaten here. Although she is £3 higher in the ratings than Spycatcher, I, I do think Spycatcher is is the better horse um, at this stage in, in his career and I can't see him being beaten. Okay, yeah, I think the race could unfold quite nicely for Spycatcher. I think Clifford Lee just might still have to pace the likes of a Pogo audience. They could likely go forward, set it up for him. Um, and yeah, I think that, that form out in France is ultimately the best form in the race last time out. He's not maybe the best in here on official ratings. Audience is rated 116. Sandrine is 113. But I think the conditions will be right up his street. And I think um, he's still improving. And um, for me, I think Spycatcher, like the girls say, is uh, probably the way to go. Are we going to make it a full house for Spycatcher, is he? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was quite disappointed by Spycatcher being beaten um, last time out. I think that Audience was quite a good second to Kinross at, at York. So perhaps off the Audience, I don't think we'll want too much more rain. And I think... Obviously, I know everyone's mentioned it to some degree, but the weather is going to play a massive part in a lot of the races. I mean, we've already seen um, in the next race we're looking at, we've already seen Frankie de Torres jumped off of Gregory today and hopped onto a rest so, because of the rain that's come. But they had 22 millilitres, I think it was, um, millimetres, sorry, of, of rain on Tuesday night. If you actually look at the forecast going into Saturday, there isn't, there's not many more showers planned, and the temperatures look fairly reasonable. You know, it's not cold. Um, it's sort of low twenties, so it really does just depend how much the ground dries out between now and Saturday. I think that's the reason. I, I think if we can get good racing ground, audience has got a great chance. Okay, quite sweet um, then from Izzy on audience. So it's one vote for audience and looks like three votes for Spycatcher. But yeah, as Izzy mentioned, Grand is definitely going to pay a key part on Saturday's racing at Donny. So the next race then is, of course, the feature race of the weekend. It's the last classic of the season. It's the 335 Doncaster, the Betfred, St. Ledger Stakes, a group one over a mile and six furlongs, and a rest is your favourite for Frankie the Tory and John Fady Cosden at 130. We've then got continuous at four to one along with Gregory, Desert Hero Fives, Middle Earth Eights, Chesspiece Twelves along with Tower of London, Alexandropolis at 28s, and Denmark's the outsider at 50 to 1. Katie, we were talking about this race earlier, saying that it might not be the biggest field we've ever seen in this race, but it could be one that maybe over the next 12 months could throw up a lot of good horses and could be a strong form line. Uh, what do you think of it? Yeah, hopefully it will. I'm glad to see that Aidan O'Brien has left all four of his horses in here because otherwise it really would have cut up. Uh, I am going to side with one of them, and that is Continuous, because I was really taken by him uh, at York last month. I thought he, he ran excellently. He beat some nice horses um, in Castleway and Gregory on that occasion. Gregory, as we've seen already this season, he is better over further, so you can forgive him that run. 
but I think he is going to find it hard to reverse the form because continuous, he did look like he was stopping there. He looks an out-and-out stayer. And I think this step uh, up in distance, it will bring even more improvement from him. Um, so I think continuous, he sets a standard in here for me. I wouldn't want to be siding against him. And look, if the ground remains on the softer side, he has won a Group 3 on very soft ground in France. And he's also went on good to firm. So I think he's very versatile. Uh, I think he's got an excellent chance of winning this classic. OK, continuous it is... So, Katie, how about you, Izzy? Who do you like in the big one? As I said, um, I am concerned a little bit about the ground, um, but my immediate thoughts are to side with a rest. Um, and there's a, there is obviously that Frankie factor. Um, he's on this final farewell tour, seems to win all the big races at the moment. Um, but I think a rest won comfortably enough at Newbury. Um, obviously, Gregory was beaten for the first time um, by continuous last time out. So you've got to be perhaps a little bit concerned about uh, continuous having a having a chance in terms of, I think he's probably the danger. Um, but I've, I'll stick with the rest. I think he's got, he's currently the favourite. He's got the favourite's chance. I am just a little concerned about the forecast there. The racing manager sort of been saying that there's a few showers forecast and they could do with those if they don't quite come as they're expecting um, and that ground does dry out, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But my immediate feeling is to go with the rest. Um, and obviously as well, and just an interesting factor is obviously we've got the Royals attending on Saturday for their horse Desert Hero. So just a vested interest there. Okay. That's Izzy's thoughts on the St. Ledger. And how about you, Liz? Yeah, there's no, there's nothing more that I can add from from an arrest point of view. Um, last classic of the season, be a good news story for Frankie. Um, the last 10 years, this has been won by Aidan O'Brien just the three times. Last win coming in 2018 with Kew Gardens, and he's obviously got four in this. And Ryan Moore has chosen to go with continuous as a first choice. Um, but I might surprisingly actually make a case for Tower of London, who I think could really relish another step up in trip. An unlucky second, I think, in the Group 3 Bahrain Trophy Stakes um, with Ryan Moore in July, dropping his whip just under two furlongs out and losing out just by a head. Good ground would be preferred for him. And his name has been touted around for a while for this race. And I'm just not going to rule him out to surprise a few here at a bigger price. Yeah, I actually quite like Tower of London at uh, a big price. I thought if they rode him cold out of the back, he could maybe pick up the pieces. And I just thought he wasn't suited by the track last time out in um, in the Bahrain Stakes at, at Newmarket, the July course. So I just thought um, when he came out of the dip, he looked a little bit unbalanced and then he only was getting going at the end. And um, yeah, I, I think he is maybe a little bit overpriced there and I wouldn't rule him out. But my main selection in the race, Probably would be Desert Hero for obviously the King and Queen, uh, Tom Mark One, Ryan for William Haggis here. This horse, I just think he's been on an upward trajectory ever since his first run of the season. He finished eighth um, in handicap company at Newbury, but that London Gold Cup that he raced in is always uh, a race that's full of plenty of good three year olds. He's kind of 
been improving since then with each run. Of course, he won at Royal Ascot. That was a great story there. And then I just like the way he won at um, Goodwood last time out, getting up in the closing stages uh, to win the Group 3. St. Leonard of Charles there beating Chesapeake. If you actually look at his breeding, he's actually from the family of um, Dartmouth, who was a really good stayer for the Queen uh, a few years ago. And there's also um, some other uh, horses that have plenty of stamina. I think uh, one of... Um, one of his like aunties, as it were, won a listed race over in France over two miles. So he's definitely probably going to uh, appreciate the step up in trip. I think he looks uh, an outstay, and he potentially could be uh, a cup horse next year. I think uh, I just think he's on a real upward curve, and uh, I can see him going fa- fairly close. But uh, as a girl said, it looks fairly tight. You can make a case for a rest if the ground softness soft enough, continuous was a good winner last time at York. He could still have a little bit more progression and also as well Tower of London, as Liz says, um, looks a little bit overpriced and um, uh, has been touted for this race for quite a while. So even though we've only got the nine runners, it definitely looks an intriguing renewal of the St. Ledger. So that's our thoughts then at Doncaster. We're now going to look at a couple of races at Chester. The first one of them is a listed race. It's the 205 Tote Stand Cup Stakes over a mile and a half. Blue Stocking, who's been knocking on the door in Group 1 company, is your favourite at 5-6. We then got Alcream at 13-2, Medora at 7-1, Sea of Roses at 10s, Empress Wu at 14s, Lastronomy at 16s, and Alba Longa, the outsider, at 40-1. Izzy, I'll come to you here first. Blue Stocking, as I touched upon, she's been running really well in some really big races this season. Do we think Rafe Beckett has found a good opportunity to get ahead in front here? Um, likely so. This this isn't going to be a betting race for me, if I'm completely honest. Mainly just because I think Blue Stockings just got the favourites chance. Um, so yeah, this one I'm going to leave alone. But agree with you, Blue Stockings got the best best chance here. Okay, Blue Stocking from Izzy. How about you, Liz? Yeah, I'm going to be probably sounds really boring, doesn't it? Uh, but it is Blue Stocking uh, for me too. Um, yeah, group group races this season. Third in the Ribblesdale, second in the Irish Oaks, fourth in the Yorkshire Oats. She obviously gets a weight allowance for a range of three and her being a filly. Um, and I'm going to be really surprised if she doesn't win this. Okay, Blue Stocking it is for Liz as well. How about you, Katie? Are you making it three votes for Blue Stocking? I am, yeah. I think she is the best form in the race. She's tampons player of the other three-year-olds on ratings. I think a couple of her rivals here, they, I don't think they know what trip they're best over, um, especially the top two on the card. Al-Kareem is probably the most interesting of the others. She hasn't run over a mile and a half uh, since last season. She's been running over further, not really staying or seeing out a race as well um, in the past couple of occasions. So she's the interesting one now back in trip. But I think receiving the weight and with the form that she has this season, a second to to warm heart at Newbury, third to warm heart at Ashka, then second to say the last dance, beaten by warm heart again. I think that's very good form because I think those two uh, Ballydoyle fillies are top class. Um, so I think, yeah, this is the perfect opportunity for Blue Stocking to, to get her black tie. Okay, strong vote then for Blue Stocking. I'll just give uh, one... A positive mention away from her. That's Sea of Roses. I thought she had a chance of maybe 
uh, pushing Elise Brewstock in very close. Um, she finished second last time out in a listed race behind Chess Piece at Hamilton. I thought that was a good run. She was staying on quite strongly at the end. I think the key to her could be a little bit of uh, ease and condition. She won um, last season uh, at Doncaster on soft ground and uh, on her season reappearance she ran over in saint Cloud in France on soft ground and ran a good race there. So I think um, a little bit of cutting the ground is key to her chances. She actually ran a blinder I thought at Ascot when she uh, went off 66-1 to at the Royal Meeting finishing 5th behind Warm Heart. I didn't think that was a bad run at all so she definitely does have some ability and I thought 10 to 1 was maybe a slightly bigger price I think she should maybe be second favorite in here I'm more closer to Al Kareem's price if I was pricing it up myself but um yeah blue stocking does look the one to beat uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Sia Roses run a good race for connections so that's the 205 covered the last race we're going to cover then on the podcast is the 240 it's the Camden Hills Handicap, sweet rewards, your favourite, 9-2 for Johnny Portman. We've then got first impression for John Quinn at 5s. Box to box at 6-1. Barishnikov at 8s. Southern Voyage at 17-2. Whisper at 9-1. Dark Pine at 10s. Bigger other rest. Liz, um, I know you're saying you were finding this race quite hard uh, to fathom. Do you, have a, do you have a strong view on the race? No, not at all. Um, I don't think I'm even going to talk about it, to be honest. Um, do a 50p reverse try cast, pick three random numbers. And I probably shouldn't say that, but I just did. Um, but no, nothing nothing stands out for me in this race at all. Yeah, fair enough. As we say, you don't have to bet in every race. Um, Katie, can you um, shed a little bit more light on this race? Uh, not much, I'm afraid. I don't have too strong a fancy in this one but there is one that probably stood out to me more than the others and that's a course and distance winner in Hugo Palmer's box to box just because he has good form on the track he likes it around there and sometimes that that can be crucial so I think he could possibly go well he's quite a decent price at six to one as well he, he copes with soft ground if it is on the softer side which it it looks like it is going to be. Um, he's the one that I'd probably take a chance on, but again, not too strong a fancy. Okay, and how about you? Has he got any uh, more meat to the bone, Sad? Um, I do actually quite like one here. I like the look of first impression. Um, we've got Jason Hart dropped up. I've been quite impressed with Jason Hart this season, to be honest. I'm more enthused by... Uh, first impressions chances because he's on board but uh, course and course and distance winner uh, at Chester last time out um, which is great was soft and heavy heavy in places but his last run before that in May was at air and that was good to firm in places and pretty decent form there comes second so pretty versatile with the ground obviously with the weather being quite up in the air um, and it being one of uh, the earlier races on the card, I think first impressions, I think could overturn the favourite sweet reward. Okay, first impression it is for Izzy. Um, I'll give a positive mention here to Barishnikov. Obviously been a good servant over the years for David and Nicola Barron. I just thought he was coming down to a mark now where he was starting to look quite well handicapped. He's actually £4 lower than his last win in Mark. He's now down to 87. He won last season off 91. He's got plenty of course and distance form around here. He's been knocking his head on the door a few times this season. But I thought his last run um, 
at Yarmouth might have been a little bit better than the bare form suggests. He ran one of those racing league races. But if you actually look at um, some of the horses that were beaten that day, the likes of Eagles Way, Regal Empire, and Elite, Certain Lad, they've the majority of them have actually gone on to um, run some solid races since. So before that, coming into that race, they were in good form. So I don't think it was actually uh, a bad run at all. And I think, like I say, returning to this track, off a mark of 87, he does look poised. It's the first time that I can see as well that Ben Curtis has ridden him, so that would be a positive as well. Drawn in stall two, if he can get into a good position, which is often key round Chester, he could be a little bit overpriced there at eight to one. He actually has been back from uh, 14, so um, Panthers are latching on to that one. So, um, yeah, that's our thoughts then on the second race at Chester and for the ITV action this weekend. Now, of course, we've got some other racing taking part. We've got um, the Doncaster St. Ledger meeting taking place on Sunday this year for the first time. We'll have the Ledger Legends race and we'll have to see um, how uh, that plays out when the decks come out tomorrow. But Izzy, I know you had one of your old favourites running um, on one of uh, the races on the undercard at Doncaster on Saturday. Yes, I have to give an honourable mention. So we're heading to, I think it's the 5.20 at Doncaster. So last race of the day uh, where we get good old faithful Dutch decoy. Um, have to give an honourable mention. He's been so, so consistent um, this season. And Richard Kingsco on board, which is uh, quite an interesting jockey looking, actually. Pretty good. So... Um, Quite, quite excited to see him go again. Yeah, um, he's definitely I know one of your old favourites, and he always seems to run his race in those big handicaps. So definitely one to watch out for. And the lucky last at Donny on Saturday. Um, I'll just give one quick mention um, on Sunday. If obviously, we do get uh, the declarations. I thought Equilateral could be quite interesting running in the Scarborough Stakes. Has a really good record for Charlie Hills at this uh, track. He, I remember, bolted up when he was actually um, owned by Judmont. Um, and people think thought he was going to go on to uh, really big things. Of course, he's had an excellent career. But uh, I don't think he quite ever lived up to the hype after what uh, he did that day. But, um, yeah, he's a reliable yardstick in this kind of grade listed company. Tom Marquand's already but Obviously, one to watch out for on Friday morning to see if he is to club. But if he is, I think he's got a good chance of going well in the Scarborough Stakes. That's the 410 at Doncaster on Sunday. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks again to Katie, Izzy and Liz for giving up their time. Hopefully we found you some winners this week. Remember to follow us on the socials where we're available on Twitter and Instagram at In The Saddle Pod. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon. (laughs) 